After more than three weeks of fighting, the war in Ukraine has reached a bloody stalemate. Speaking on Wednesday, an American general said that Russia's setbacks should give pause to China's aspirations on Taiwan. U.S. Marine Corps Commandant David Berger told the Washington Post that China was studying what's happening in Ukraine and realizing that an amphibious invasion of Taiwan would not be easy. The war in Ukraine continues, with fighting taking place in and around major cities. Russia has found itself locked in a stalemate more than three weeks after its initial invasion. U.S. Marine Corps Commandant David Berger says Russia's setback should be a warning to Beijing. Russia is having trouble even with a ground invasion, he said. To invade Taiwan, China would need to mount an amphibious landing, which is never easy. Even if China could overpower Taiwan's air and maritime forces, it would need to tackle problems of logistics and sustainment, Berger said. His observation is completely correct. No other military operation is more complicated than an amphibious invasion, which would involve a first-wave assault, a second-wave assault, and a wave of forces for logistics support. Based on how the Russia-Ukraine war is going, Beijing may think that Russia, the world's second-largest military power, is not doing so well against Ukraine. So China may be reassessing its own prospects in the battle across the sea. This fall, China will hold its 20th National Congress, where it may unveil new measures against Taiwan. Officials familiar with cross-strait affairs presented three scenarios for how the future could play out. The first is that Russia wins, an outcome that could embolden Xi Jinping and spell trouble for Taiwan. The second is that the war settles into a stalemate. This would affect the political climate in Europe and the U.S., allowing China to assert the one-China principle and prohibit Western interference in Taiwan affairs. In the third scenario, Ukraine prevails and Vladimir Putin steps down. This would make clear to Beijing the consequences of war. Experts say this would be a more favorable outcome for Taiwan. Looking at these three scenarios, it is very clear that Russia, in launching the so-called Blitzkrieg, has lost at the game of Russian roulette. The bullet is now turned towards itself. Putin has discovered that Ukraine is a Russian doll. It's one figure after another nested together. Putin will never be able to win. From this military outcome, we can infer the political possibilities that are generated. Nearly a month after the war in Ukraine, Taiwan is still closely tracking the conflict as it stays on high alert against potential moves from Beijing. Since the start of Russia's invasion, more than 10 million Ukrainians have been forced to flee their homes. Ms. Wang, a Taiwanese expat based in Poland, took in two Ukrainian sisters who escaped the war. The sisters say they once wanted to travel the world, but now realize that there's no place like home. We started to um, bomb civilians. That's how like, our parents decided we, we should leave. That's how the story began. In a measured tone, she recalls the day the Russian army invaded. Ukrainian sisters Margarita and Anna fled their homeland, taking refuge in the house of Ms. Wong, a Taiwanese expat in Poland. In their hurry to escape, the sisters brought only a few things with them. Special things which you would like to keep with you, uh, especially when you're out of your home country. Something Ukrainian, <laughs> uh, yeah, which is also, you don't know what would be when you come back. I want to, to take with me my friends. 
The two sisters traveled from Kyiv to Warsaw, taking three days to complete the one-day journey. Margarita said she once wanted to travel the world, but was now realizing that there's no place quite like home. Like now you understand that your country is the best. And actually, yeah, uh, you should travel, but uh, your homeland is your homeland. You can't like uh, switch it. Ukraine was always defending its independence, uh, fighting for it, and uh, it's not only about political people here, yeah, it's about the civilians. With this situation, it's feeling only empowered. To all of you in Taiwan, we're not asking for war, but we should not be afraid to fight. That is the spirit I have witnessed in the Ukrainian people. I have seen their strength and their resolve to defend their country. Watching Ukraine on the front line, Ms. Wang said there were many times when her thoughts turned to Taiwan. She said she'd learned unity and resolve from the Ukrainian people and realized that every person could someday be forced to defend their homeland. President Tsai Ing-wen has reaffirmed Taiwan's commitment to go net zero by 2050. Her administration made the pledge last April as part of a global campaign to tackle climate change. Speaking at a sustainability summit on Monday, President Tsai said Taiwan will press on and reach its 2050 target despite the challenges ahead. President Tsai Ing-wen attended a sustainability summit held by Business Today on Monday. During the event, she reiterated Taiwan's resolve to join the global community and reach net zero by 2050. Speaking of sustainability, the world over is committed to achieving net zero emissions by 2050. I'd like to emphasize that this challenge isn't solely posed to the world. Taiwan should also rise to the challenge. It is indeed a tough road ahead, but Taiwan must succeed. Since taking office in 2016, President Tsai has pushed an energy transition and the development of renewables. She said although Taiwan had already made important progress, it must maintain its momentum in four directions. The First, the energy transition must continue. Second, we must accelerate industrial transformation. Taiwan's export-oriented sectors must optimize the manufacturing process and transition to a circular economy. Third, our lifestyles must change. We must start to change every aspect of our lives, including food, clothing, housing, and transport. And finally, our social transformation should be just. At the end of March, the National Development Council is expected to present a roadmap for achieving net zero by 2050. The president said the government's objective was not to provide all the answers, but to offer a basis for dialogue. She called on businesses to work with the government to tackle climate change, mitigate the impact of the transition, and create new green business opportunities. Hypertension, or high blood pressure, continues to grow more and more common. In recent years, the rate of hypertension among people in their 20s and 30s grew by 6%. Meanwhile, the Taiwanese Hypertension Association has lowered its bar for diagnosing hypertension to raise awareness. We spoke to a cardiologist to find out what it all means. It's easy to find your blood pressure creep up if you're frequently overindulging in food and drink. Stats from the Health Promotion Administration show that 5.3 million Taiwanese over the age of 18 suffer from high blood pressure and 30% of them don't realise it. 
The Taiwan Hypertension Society is soon to adjust its official definition of hypertension from 140 over 90 to 130 over 80 mmHg. A U.S. study from 2015 actually found that the lower your blood pressure falls, the lower the likelihood of cardiac incidence and organ disease. If you compare 140 to 120, there's less chance of organ disease, heart attacks, and cardiovascular disease at 120. Many places, including the U.S., Europe, Japan, and now Taiwan, are following that study. Dr. Lin Weiwen suggests that 120 over 80 is the best maximum limit for safe blood pressure. At every grade above that, the body suffers. And hypertension is more and more often a problem for younger folk. Figures show that from 2017 to 2020, the rate of hypertension increased, especially in the 20 to 39 age bracket, where 350,000 people developed high blood pressure, about 6.5% of the demographic. That increase was almost 0.8 percentage points higher than the increase from the previous equivalent study. And men are at nearly three times more risk than women. If your direct line has a history of high blood pressure, you may need to pay attention to it after the age of 20. Men and women have always been very different, and men and women may be a bit different in terms of their work lives, their biological structure and hormonal changes, etc. The Health Promotion Administration says hypertension guidelines will not be officially changed until evidence is published by a range of medical associations. The World Health Organization has not yet updated its standards, but the HPA also urges viewers to start today in developing a healthier lifestyle and reducing their risk of disease. The clock is ticking for Taiwan's stockpile of vaccines. According to the CECC, 720,000 doses are due to expire by the end of March. They will be destroyed if they are not used. To drive up vaccine uptake, the CCC may offer boosters to teenagers aged 12 and 17. It will convene a panel of experts this Thursday to decide on the policy. The 27th round of vaccination opened on Monday. Only 148,000 people are registered for this current round, accounting for less than 15 percent of eligible recipients. To boost vaccine coverage, the central government is offering incentives worth up to 500 NT. But even so, supply is set to far outpace demand. By the end of March, around 720,000 vaccine doses will expire. That's 340,000 doses of Moderna, 70,000 doses of Pfizer and 312,000 doses of AstraZeneca. Stockpiled Medigen vaccines will start to expire on April 19th. Any vaccines left unused by their expiry dates will be discarded. Over the three-day period spanning the 21st and 23rd, some vaccine doses are set to expire, but only 2,630 doses of Moderna will expire on the 21st. There should be no problem administering all of them today on March 21st. On the 22nd, 178,000 doses will expire. On the 23rd, 213,000 doses will expire. Of course, we'll be administering vaccines on all of these days. We're also trying our best to offer $280 to all those coming for their first and second doses. Also, those aged 65 and above can get 500 NT. There are incentives for recipients, whether it's their first, second or third dose. The CECC had discarded expired vaccines before, 
although the amount was negligible at just over 1,000 doses. Currently, Taiwan's first dose coverage is just above 83 percent, second dose coverage is near 78 percent, and booster coverage is about 48 percent. To drive up the rates, the CECC plans to roll out boosters to children aged 12 to 17. It's also looking to open up first doses for children aged 5 to 11. We will hold an experts meeting on March 24th and discuss the issue then. The government is also working on securing a contract for more Pfizer vaccines. A committee will meet Thursday to decide on boosters for teens. With vaccines about to expire, the CECC says it's in talks to secure next-generation vaccines. It says Taiwan can expect to receive them as soon as they're authorized for use. Doctors say they're seeing a rise of cases of the norovirus, a highly transmissible stomach bug. Over the past two weeks, they've seen a jump in gastroenteritis cases, and nearly 30% of these cases involve the norovirus. The main symptoms of norovirus infection are vomiting, diarrhea, fever, and headache. Going by the patients our grassroots medical institutions have seen this past week, most of the gastroenteritis cases have been instances of viral gastroenteritis with symptoms quite like that of a neurovirus infection. Patients with neurovirus account for nearly 30% of the total. That rate is a little higher among children. We haven't seen this kind of situation for a long time because since the start of the COVID pandemic, our grassroots medical institutions have seen much fewer patients with infectious diseases. But starting about two weeks ago, there's been an increase in patients with gastrointestinal symptoms. That's what we have observed. Norovirus can infect people who consume contaminated food or water. Transmission can occur by touching an infected surface and then transferring the virus to the mucous membranes of the mouth nose or eyes. It can also occur through direct contact with an infected person or by inhaling droplets of vomit or excrement that contains the virus. Unlike the COVID-19 virus, the norovirus cannot be killed with alcohol. The best way you can deal with norovirus is by vigorously washing your hands with soap and warm water or by treating surfaces with bleach. A new survey shows that lots of handshaken drinks can do serious damage to kids' teeth. The report from the Ministry of Health and Welfare looked at dental cavities suffered by 6- to 18-year-olds and found that kids who drank lots of sugared drinks had more than twice as many cavities. We spoke to Ji Lin Yang from the Association of Family Dentists to find out more. A child brushes his teeth after lunch at school. He's very thorough, careful not to miss any corners and run the risk of letting his teeth rot. The dentist warned that effort could all be in vain if you follow it with a sugary drink. Handshaken drinks often contain added sugar. All the literature shows that sugar drinks are an important threat for children's tooth decay. The more often they're consumed, the higher the risk of decay. A new report on oral health for 6- to 18-year-olds indicates for the first time that handshaken drinks are a contributing factor to childhood tooth decay. 
The report surveyed 1,670 miners aged between 6 and 18 years old. It found that those who drank three or more handshaken drinks a day had, on average, 3.65 decayed teeth, more than twice as many as those who drank no such drinks, who had just 1.68 decayed teeth on average. I'm not very surprised because I think handshaken drinks are really very sweet. Adults may choose the reduced sugar option or sugar-free, but children think it's weird if it's not sweet. So I think they're very sweet, which must have an impact on cavities. It's probably because the sugar content has a bigger impact on them. We don't ban our kids from handshake and drinks, but we try to keep them to a minimum. We generally go with milk or water. But Taiwan is the kingdom of handshake and drinks. They're on every street corner, and naturally that drives up children's consumption. In Taiwan, a 12-year-old child has on average just over two decayed teeth. That figure has fallen over the years, but it's still higher than in neighbouring countries. In South Korea, it's 1.84. In Singapore, 0.35. In Hong Kong, 0.34. And in Japan, the lowest, just 0.2. The causes of cavity are twofold, diet and dental hygiene habits. If one diet contains a lot of sugary drinks, other sugared products or refined carbohydrates, if these are eaten frequently, and if one doesn't brush one's teeth after eating, Eating, then inevitably cavities will result. This dentist stresses that handshake and drinks are not the only culprit. Any sugar will do it as will a lack of proper brushing and flossing. He also warns parents not to imagine that tooth decay for baby teeth is unimportant. If a child's baby teeth are decayed, their later adult teeth are more likely to be diseased. We head now to meet a powerlifting mom who's inspiring cancer survivors nationwide. The 58-year-old was diagnosed with a cancer of the brainstem two years ago. After surgery, she could hardly move. But two years later, she's stronger than ever, thanks to the help of her son, who's a fitness coach. She can now lift 75 kilo weights and competes in fitness championships. A lady gets out of her wheelchair to stand on the weightlifting platform. She grasps a barbell in both hands, steadies her legs, adjusts her position, takes in a tip from her coach, and then lifts. After the first set, the coach puts lifting straps on her wrists and helps steady her with his hand. When she takes a rest, he offers some more tips and wipes the sweat from her brow. This personalised care is a son's special gift to his mum. Mother and son hold hands, happy to train together. Known as the powerlifting mum, this fitness enthusiast developed brainstem cancer two years ago. She was unable to move after surgery or even take care of herself. But her son is a nursing graduate and has a fitness coach licence. He's walked with his mum through every step of her recovery, taking her straight to the gym when she left hospital. This is what I can do now, nothing else. At first, I didn't think she would end up doing weightlifting. If she weren't training, she'd be at the elderly care centre with other long-term bedridden patients. The powerlifting mum trains five days a week. At first, she struggled with a beginner's weight of 20 kilos. Now she can deadlift 75 kilos. She says the company of her son fills her with energy and the motivation to keep going. 
I'm so lucky. It's all him. It's better when I do as he says. My mom is all I have left, so I have to take care of her. We happen to have had this issue, and luckily, I have studied this professionally. Pair document their daily efforts on social media. This would be an impressive story even if the cancer wasn't in the picture. The powerlifting mum has an iron will, which has even taken her to weightlifting tournaments, where she wins standing ovations. For a birthday photo shoot, the family donned wedding clothes to celebrate their recovery from cancer. With her son's support and an optimistic attitude, this athlete is living her best life. An approaching front brought sporadic rainfall across Taiwan on Monday. Heavier rains are expected on Tuesday with the strengthening of the north northeasterly monsoon. In the upper half of the country and all along the east coast, there's a good chance of localized thunderstorms. Temperatures will also drop significantly, dipping to 16 degrees in northern Taiwan. Let's hear from a forecaster. Tomorrow during the day, perhaps during working hours, one should keep in mind there may be heavier rainfall along with thunder or strong intermittent winds. Most of these events will occur in central Taiwan and areas north of it, as well as eastern Taiwan and mountainous areas in the south. This is especially the case in the upper half of the island and in mountainous areas in the south. These regions may see heavier rain and localized rainfall. Temperatures are expected to rebound on Friday as a northeasterly monsoon weakens. But soon after, on Saturday evening, another weather front will move across the island and bring the mercury down yet again.